Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's happening, people? And welcome to this week's episode of it's all black academic the podcast thank you very much once again for checking us out and just before i get into this week's pod a reminder as usual if you haven't already uh told a friend about this podcast please do so get them to subscribe to the it's all black academic podcast it will for sure it will enhance their lives just like it's enhanced hopefully your life Uh, my name is jordan your host and uh this week uh once again i'm not joined by my partner in crime um, Alex Reed. Um, he has been he's been very busy this week, very very busy, and I've been un- unable to track him down um, to get him on uh, the pod this week. Uh, so I'll keep the intro uh, to the this week's show very brief or as brief as possible. Um, it does give me a chance though to mention some football uh, very very briefly <laughs> uh, before we get into the show. And I'm, I'm not sh- I don't think actually Alex, but I know Alex isn't a massive football fan, so I'm going to try and sneak it in on this week's pod. Um, on some good news, Arsenal, all the Gunners big up, uh, moved into third this week. Uh, granted, we moved back down to fourth after Tottenham played, but we do have a game in hand, so it's looking very very good for for my club and potentially quite precarious for the other side in North London the small side that play in white so big up the Arsenal fans um, we can try and get a top four spot hopefully this year and uh, make it a great season uh, but there was some some more bad news uh, this week in football with more racist chanting uh, at a game between Juventus and Cagliari in Italy now Juventus have a hot, hot prospect, really talented young player called uh, Moise Keane, who is, uh, he's, he's Italian, he's of African descent, but he's Italian um, citizen and he, he plays for the, the, the national team. I think he's 19 years old and he uh, was abused racially by the away supporters, uh, Cagliari, for the best part of 80 minutes. Um, he scored... Um, in that game and went to the crowds. I'm sure you've all seen this in the news. He went to the crowds um, and very similar to uh, Raheem Sterling's celebration when he scored um, for England against Montenegro last week. He cupped his ears to the fans to say, what are you saying now? What? Huh? Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Huh? 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 He did a very similar celebration um, and he was uh, roundly abused even more. There was lots of monkey chants heard and it was quite, you know, quite disgraceful. We've seen this quite often um, this season in in, in England and, and abroad. It's, this is nothing new in Italy. Um, now, 
what made it even worse was that after the game, the club captain, uh, Benucci, Leonardo Benucci, and even the, the manager, Massimino Allegri, uh, almost criticised uh, Keane for his celebrations. Uh, I think the, the quote from uh, Benucci was that it was 50-50. You know, yeah, the fans might have been abusing him, but his celebration didn't help and he shouldn't have dealt with it the way that he dealt with it. Um, and I don't know the exact quote from Allegri, but all the reports coming out were saying that uh, uh, the manager Allegri almost endorsed his captain's comments saying that uh, you can't handle um, the racist abuse you receive in that way. And I just thought to myself, this is a top, top manager, very experienced manager, a legend of the club in Bonucci, the, the club captain, I believe. Um, and I just thought it's a 19-year-old kid and the last thing he needs after a game like that, where he's abused by, you know, thousands of, of, of away supporters, is his captain and his manager not backing and supporting him and in some ways actually criticising him. I just thought that was very, very hard on the boy. However... I had some, uh, I'm in various WhatsApp groups, football and sports WhatsApp groups, and I had a, a chat with some of, some of the guys that posted this article in one of the groups that I'm in. And obviously everybody was very sympathetic towards Moise Keane. And I said something that was, you know, I, I accept quite controversial and maybe sounds a little bit heartless. But I posted in the group in response to the, to the post that somebody put in was that I'm basically losing a little bit of sympathy for people like Keane. And everybody in the group obviously piled in on me and said, you know, it's, it's everyone in this group is black. So all the boys were like, oh, how can you say that? Blah, blah, blah. So what I said was, was this. I'm losing sympathy for, for people like Moise Keane because. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Because 
I feel like what Raheem Sterling has done uh, uh, after he was abused at the Chelsea game in December was he's basically kicked open the door and he's basically put it on everyone to... He's, he's let everybody know his, uh, he realises his own power. Raheem Sterling is a top, top player now, very well known. And what he did by doing that Instagram post highlighting the hypocrisy of racism in the media as well as highlighting the racism that he received in the game the day before against Chelsea was he for me he he owned and realized and used his own power and what was disappointing for me is that after Sterling has kicked open the door in this fight back enough or more black players haven't followed him through it and haven't supported him and backed him up now Moise Keane receiving racist abuse at his place of work, let's not forget, these guys are footballers, uh, that's their job, is disgusting and it's disgraceful. And I wouldn't, I obviously don't want to see any other black person, I'm a black man myself, I don't want to see any black person on the end of racial abuse. But the way I look at it is this, Moise Keane also has power. He's a football player, a very talented young football player. And for me, I'm fed up of the talking. I'm fed up of the sympathy. It's time for action. And what I would like Moise Keane to do, what I'd like all black players to start doing now, is walk off the pitch. I've said this for about two years now. They need to walk off the pitch. And yes, we understand the implications that walking off the pitch brings points loss, heavy fines, possible kicking out of, of, of competitions, there's wider implications for the, the team, the nation uh, you play for, or the fan base. I get that. But for me, if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. This now is a very, very big problem. It's a drastic problem, racism in football, and it always has been. Drastic problems, for me, need drastic measures. Now, I'm not saying that my, my, my uh, solution is the right solution, walking off the pitch, or in Moise Keane's uh, case, put in a transfer request and try and get your agent to get you out of that club. I'm not saying it's the right, but I'm saying it's a solution. All my friends piled in on me and said, you, you know, it's not that simple, it's not that simple. I'm fully aware it's not that simple to just leave your club. But for me, my question is this, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? What, 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 what do we do? Do we just continue to, because it's quite clear, the authorities and the governing bodies and the government are not going to support our people. They're not going to protect our people. They're not going to sanction and punish uh, the perpetrators of racism. They're not going to do it. It's quite clear they're not going to do that. So my thing now is, if they're not going to support and back and look after us, we have to back support and look after ourselves. And it it might mean players like Moise King leaving the club. I mean, it's one thing when you're getting racist abuse from the fans in the ground. When your own employees, your own teammates are not backing you, you need to get out. So for me, Moise King has a dilemma. He has two two things he can do. He can either stay there and hope that the problem goes away hope the problem is resolved, hope that the Italian FA and Juventus um, club deal with this situation and Cagliari, it was their fans. He can hope that's going to happen, but I'm not living in Cloud Cuckoo Land. I'm not living in this idealistic world where that will be solved now. I'm living in the reality, which is the other scenario. The other thing he can do is leave. Leave the club. No one should be at their workplace and receive that level of abuse, especially, again, from your colleagues and your manager. Get out. That working environment is not for you. You can leave your club. You can. Leave. You don't deserve to, to, to put up with that. And f my final point on this is that 
when I say I don't have any sympathy for Moise Keane, I've got, of course, I've got some sympathies with him because nobody deserves to go through that. But I reserve my sympathies for the black people who are at their workplace, racially abused by their colleagues and bosses, who can't leave, who don't have any power, who don't have any agency. Yeah, they're the ones that can't just decide, you know what, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to get up and change company. Not everybody can do that. And they're the people suffering racist abuse who I feel sorry for. And my sympathies are largely with them. Okay, Moise Keane has power. Moise Keane can change his employer. He can change his company um, in terms of the club that he plays for. He can. He might not want to because maybe he loves Juventus. Maybe he's happy there. But clearly, if you're gonna, clearly they're not happy with you. So my thing is take the hint and take action. Okay, so unless people are prepared to take drastic and now radical action, walking off pitches, leaving your club, for me, nothing's going to change. And I'll be having the same discussion and debate in three, four, five, six weeks time. It's boring and it's long. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have this conversation anymore because I'm fed up of having it. And we're going to keep having it unless these black players who do have power and do have agency take ownership of, of the situation. They have the power now. Raheem Sterling has shown that. They have the power to make the change, to change their working environment in a way that many other black people suffering racism just don't. Okay, so it did seem a little bit harsh and I understand why. But I'm I'm just I'm fed up now of supporting these black men that have agency but don't want to support themselves. I'd rather give my support to people who need it. Moise Keane has power. Use it. Otherwise, don't complain when this happens again in a month's time. You say nothing, the same things will happen. You do nothing, the same things will happen. Anyway, so that was my that was my um, opinion and is my opinion now on many of the racism that black players in football are suffering. It's time for action. I can't I can't keep shedding tears for these people who can affect their outcome. Right. Let's move on to this, this week's show now. Um, before I do so, I mentioned my my producer Alex Reed, who always um, normally uh, co co presents. Uh, this podcast with me uh he will kill me if i don't mention uh he has a podcast of his own called what matters go check it out what matters with alex reeds um he's doing a live event and i want to give you guys all the details if you're in town if you're in london on the 24th it's a wednesday of april um he's doing an event uh what matters with alex, with alex reeds live in conversation with derek awusu now derek awusu is on this week's show he uh, has written a book called Safe. Um, it's about being a black man in, in, in Britain and the different, I suppose, uh, complexities and uh, the different elements of being a black man and their life in, in, uh, in this country. It's written by various different black men, different passages from different people. Um, Alex has written a, a passage in... In the, in the book I believe I'm going to buy it tomorrow actually I'm going to go to go and grab my copy tomorrow so it's called Safe um, and it's Alex Reed's uh, this event in conversation with Derek Awusu it's at the Curtain 45 Curtain Road London EC2A 3 
PT. If you want to find out more details from Alex, go check out his Twitter handle. His name is spelled A-L-E-X-R-E-A-D-S. Alex Reed. Go check him out on Twitter and go and grab a ticket for his event on the 24th of April 2019. This week on the show, we, uh, as I mentioned, had Derek Awusu, uh, Kemi Nzerum and Ezekiel Taiwo to have a discussion about masculinity in 2019 and what it is. What is masculinity in 2019? Has it drastically changed from what it was in 1919? Um, obviously none of us were around then, so we don't know for sure, but what about uh, 1979, 69? Has it drastically changed over the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years? We had a really good chat about that. Really enjoyed that debate. Um, and here it is, enjoy. What's happening, people, and welcome to this week's episode of It's All Black Academic with your host, myself, Jordan Jarrett Bryan. And just before we get into our panel and our debate for this week, I want to do a shout out as usual to our socials. Please be following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You've all got accounts, so please get on those accounts and follow us on there. You know what to do. Well, here on the channel here, so subscribe to us, Black Academic TV. Click the button. It's a red one. Click it right now, please. And also, if podcasts are more your thing, we are now on the Acast platform. So please download the Acast app and you can find us via the search option there. It's all Black Academic, the podcast. There's some extra content on there as well. So on this week's show, I am looking forward to this debate because it's something that I know I'm going to get some, as usual, some fantastic expertise and some some views and some opinions. And to do so, I'm going to get them from my man here, Ezekiel Taiwo, yeah. Derek Awusu, and Kemi Nzerum. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good. good. All good? Yeah. yeah. All, All good. well? Sun's yeah. shining. The sun is shining and it's a, it's a right. good day. It's, gonna be, it's a good day. Um, I want to debate with you guys. Simple question that I think comes with multifaceted and maybe complex answers. What is masculinity in 2019? And I'll start with that simple question to the three of you individually and I'll develop it um, as we go. So Ezekiel, if I say to you, what is masculinity? Mm. What, what is, what is it, what is it for you? Mm. Um, for me, what is it? I, I have to I have to throw back to just the uh, generic understanding of what masculinity is. Mm. What I've been what, what I've been taught as a young boy mm. is about being uh, you know it's about strength, resilience, mm -hmm. being being uh, you know dominate. Don't be dominated. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's about being stoic, like you know not showing you know getting through it. Mm -hmm. You know, so being a man's man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, industrious. All these words to describe um, what, what it takes to be masculine. What it is today, I think it's definitely changed. Um, it's not something that I necessarily look to identify with in terms of masculinity. It, it, for me, it is what it is. I, it's a trait that you have or you don't. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I don't think it's moved from what, what it was, was um, um, back then. Yeah. Uh, Derek, what about you? Is, is it for you? What does the word masculinity mean to you? Um, to be all heavy, but to me, it kind of sounds like a death sentence, really. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, you know, because it, it, you're, we're, it's, it traps you, you know, mm. you're really trapped. Masculinity is a trap. Um, I don't believe, personally, don't believe that it's something that should exist at all. Okay. Um, you know, and it just, it stops you relating to people in certain ways. It, it stops you from expressing yourself in certain ways. You close yourself off and I, can 100% say that I believe that masculinity or the crisis of masculinity or whatever is responsible for the majority of 
well, for the the high male suicide rates in the country, it's mm-hmm. just because we don't open up, we don't want to talk, we want to try and handle everything ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it really, really feels like a death sentence. So I always try and separate myself from away from that. Anything you know, masculine or whatever. I just you know, I just try and do Derek. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Um, Kemi, what about you? What does the word mean to you? Yeah, you know what Derek said really resonated. <clears throat> I think we as men, we absolutely get trapped into this false idea of what we should be in those tropes of strength and you know, re- resilience is an, is another matter mm-hmm. um, but not being dominated just picking some of the phrases mm-hmm. that you used I think it prevents us from being human mm-hmm. and and actually I'm much more interested in um, kind of pragmatic or lived examples of masculinity so when I think about masculinity I prefer to the fr- to frame that as what am I like as a friend, as a colleague, as a son, as a father, as an uncle, mm-hmm. as a nephew? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a much more interesting, dis- it's a much more interesting and useful discussion in a way, because then that allows you to, you know, if, if, if you're talking about what, what is it to be, what is it to be a son? Well, actually that then allows me to love mm-hmm. and allows me to care. Mm-hmm. If I talk about m- masculinity as a father, that allows me to nurture. Mm-hmm. And these are things that are not masculine. But how can you be a father and not nurture? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's I'm glad that we're at a stage now where we can discuss these things yeah. and not not necessarily um, so intellectually not feel trapped, although we may emotionally still find ourselves needing to be strong in situations where actually it would be much more honest to be vulnerable. Mm. And do do you go along with you know Derek mentioned there that it's it's a, almost a death sentence. Do you feel like men trying to adhere to the traditional definition of what masculine is yeah. is dangerous? And it's more about as you say being an individual and looking at the different elements of the people in your life and how you deal with those people. There are many reasons why the male suicide rate is so much higher than the female suicide rate. Much of this, I believe, can be explained by our the fact that we have been taught over the years that it's it is not okay to cry it is not okay to say oh you man you know what i'm having a bad time man give me a hug mm-hmm. or, or and and that, i you know i don't i don't i i find it i don't tend to cry i, I don't tend to um show emotion in that way no because in a sense i reserve that for things that are really you know i mean the last time i the last time i Funnily enough, the last time I cried was years ago, and it was when my very dear friend, when I was a boy, took his own life. Mm. So that, that in a sense, that's how it, for me, because I've been taught that that's the way men behave, that's how extreme something needs to be, to be yep. for me to shed tears. When actually, I've shed tears with joy since then, when my daughters were born. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, uh, it would be nice, I think, for us to be able to create a world where we can go with our emotions in a way that we've been taught that we can't over over hundreds of years. Mm. So, so, so Zeke, do you feel that you have to, because of the way you've almost been conditioned into believing what a man should do, mm. feel that you are guarded in releasing and when you release emotion? So, or do you, if you feel sad, you just cry because that's how you feel? Or do you feel, I shouldn't really cry now because that's not what I should be doing? Mm. <clears throat> I think um the points that you guys have brought up is 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 real and and the reality is that masculinity is all good textbook but when you're considering the conditions that black 
men, boys are in. Mm-hmm. What for me that translates to strife and discord. Because mm-hmm. if you're telling a young man you have to be a man, you have to be strong, you have to dominate, don't be dominated. But in your conditions and your environments, it feels like it's against you. Mm-hmm. Every day you're fighting, mm-hmm. fighting a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that looks like for me, I remember when I was younger, um, I would be sort of walking down the street and then a black guy looks like me walking the other way. Mm. And then you don't get that sense of, hey, man, mm. back then it was that like, game, mm. game face, d- mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. the challenge, because yeah. I don't want you to dominate me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's every day when it's like that all the time. That's when the mental issues come into play. Mm. And the reality is masculinity, be a man's man, you know, be be, you know, win at all costs. If you can lift 10K, lift 15K, it's all good and proper. But then the conditions you're operating in is slightly different. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think it's important now, moving forward, that we tell our boys and young men that being a man isn't about masculinity. Mm -hmm. It's it's something else. It's like what you said. It's about taking responsibility of your own reality. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, being a man is about you saying, this is my family. This is my partner. These are my kids. I'm going to take care of them, period. Right. And I'll do what's necessary to do that. Mm-hmm. And I love them. And I'm not going to be ashamed to say, I love my family. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're coming up against, um, um, scenarios whereby you don't feel you're dominant, that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, in my opinion, is that if you're always feeling you have to be the man, mm-hmm. right. And then you're not dominating and then you're taking that home and you're trying to dominate at home. That, kills a relationship mm-hmm. and then you'll find that people are in domestic um, violent um, situations because they need to dominate somewhere mm-hmm. they've been told and that's their outlet yeah that's their outlet and if you're not dominating at home you feel like you're not a man so then you leave that home and then you're you know so it, it's it's really cyclical and that's, it, it starts from telling a different story to our young men being a man isn't masculinity because that's a trait that's a characteristic mm-hmm. if we don't have that doesn't mean you're not a man mm-hmm. and today's modern masculinity means you are who you are as long as you're a man and you're taking responsibility, integrity, being a man of your word, speak your word, create your own future, that's what then that's what a man is in my opinion. Mm. You said that you deliberately kind of pull away from the traditional kind of qualities of what's identified as being a man or masculine. Yeah. How does that play out for you then? So do you mean in terms of you wear what you want to wear? Mm-hmm. If you want to cry, you cry. If you want to show love, you want to hug a man, mm-hmm. you don't care. Mm-hmm. Do you, is, your, is your reality that as Derek... I don't care what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do what I feel I should do. Yeah. And I, I think it's also about, you know, interrogating yourself very, very seriously because masculinity, the way it's, you know, forced upon us, you're unaware of how subtle it can be. So you're aware of like the big things like, oh, be a man, be strong, mm. don't cry, all those kind of things. But there's, there's it's layers. There's layers. Yeah. There's things under the surface that you won't even realize that you're doing. You won't realize that it's, it's part of, you know, masculinity is making you behave this way or mm-hmm. certain things, um, things like that. So in terms of even crying, sometimes I feel like crying and I know I should be crying, but it's hard to cry. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like I have to force it out. But then I think if I have to force it, that can't be healthy either. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'd like definitely distance myself from, so where I want to wear, you know, if I see my boy or something, I'm like, wow, you're looking really good looking today. Like all those little kind of things, like, just, just say what you want to say. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter yeah. how you say it. Do you know what I mean? Because we're all humans. As you said, like we're all humans. We're all three dimensional. We all have moments. We all think things, you know, differently. Mm-hmm. Like even though masculinity has shaped us, we still 
think certain things, but what masculinity stops us from doing is expressing yeah. mm-hmm. those things. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think that's the key to say that, that okay, it's okay for me to say this or mm-hmm. think this or feel this or touch this person like this. Do you know what I mean? Or talk to them in a, in, in a certain way. So yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's really about introspection and just really kind of self-evaluation and mm. questioning why you do certain things. Why do you like certain things? You know, why, why do I think that? Where does this opinion come from? Did I form this opinion myself? Or is it something that it seems organic in my mind? Mm-hmm. If it's organic, then you've been taught it. Unless you've actually thought about it yourself, you know, mm. battled with yourself and said, okay, this is the conclusion that I've come to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Um, and it's, it's difficult to do, you know, when people say un- you have to unlearn things. They talk about it like it's something you can do in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, if I've been conditioned for 30 years to be mm. masculine, it's going to take me probably 45 years yeah, to, to get rid of, that. Get rid of yeah. everything. And yeah. it's a constant thing. Mm. I don't think we would ever... I think... For my generation especially, it's about now, as you said, talking mm. to the, the youngers, talking to the younger boys and helping them not be conditioned in the same way we were. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to get out of it now, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in a way we're, we're effed yeah. in, mm. in, in a certain way, but we can really help the next generation. That's what I've tried to do in my book as well. I want to get to your book in, in just a little yeah. bit. Um, I want to move on now to the role, Kemi, that men play with, 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 within the family and the household. Mm. So as someone with a family, mm. is... When you first had your children, mm. was this something that you had to think about? What kind of man do I want to be or, or dad to my kids? What kind of man do I want to be to my, to my wife? Was this something that you had to think about at all? Or was it quite natural and you were just you and just doing what you do? I think I have thought about it much more, um, formally in relation to fatherhood than partnership okay so i have two daughters and what kind of girls do i want them what kind of women what kind of people really do mm. i want them to grow up to be and i do, do, do you have do you have children i'm one month away from having my first girl oh, yeah, oh so i'm listening like <laughs> <laughs> it is, so let, sorry I, yeah, I know you asked me a question but i just have to say god but uh, do you, your father no no right so becoming a parent mm. is the single best thing you will ever do in your entire life it is just amazing i mean all of the things it is hard work it is terrifying it is exhausting it is confusing it is expensive like you one other thing your your life as you know it now is over yeah it is over something new right new but you get a whole new life yeah uh, in return but you're then as a as a father to girls you are you enter into you, you I, you begin to see the way the world is so heavily gendered mm. in so many ways in favor, in favor of boys. Mm. Um, and the, uh, I know this is a discussion about masculinity, mm. but obviously masculinity can't really exist without a concept of femininity. And for all the faults of being strong, you know, a, a, and needing to, needing to be the provider and needing mm. to be impervious, uh, the opposite to that, the, the the weakness the simpering the 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 um the kind of empty person that goes along with what the 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 male partner wants you see that being kind of foisted on on little girls mm. and so what do i mean i mean when you go into a, a toy shop and there's a boy section and a girl section and the boy section is the doctor and the girl section is the nurse the pink and the blue mm-hmm. the, and and it's really, it's terrifying and horrifying and ugly and disgusting to see one's daughters 
being forced into a gender role that I don't think is particularly helpful. So bringing this back to, you know, my role as a father, finding myself fighting against this social conditioning. That they must pick this particular lane. Yeah. And it, and it, and it happens the moment the child is born because the Mm -hmm. clothes will either arrive in pink or blue. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you put a boy in pink clothes because what well, that's the clothes that have been handed down and people they they know mm-hmm. and all of this all of this creates an imbalance in the way that we bring our children up and we you have to we have to fight so hard as parents to say to little girls of course you should climb the tree or whatever that yeah. or uh, you know you know I find myself fighting against the that impetus that you see all around you, where little girls are, you know, regularly told, you know, you're playing with the paints. Can you just be careful? You don't mess up your lovely Mm. new dress. Like, no, man, mess the dress up because the painting is more important Mm -hmm. than what you look like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. And but people don't say that to boys. No. Oh, look at him getting stuck up the tree, or oh, he scuffed his knees again. Oh, you know, he's a cheeky little one, isn't he? Yeah, boys be boys. But yeah, and and um. All children should be cheeky little ones. Yeah. Well, this, this, this triggers. <laughs> right? I, no, no, I, 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 I agree. All children should be up to mischief. Yeah. This, this, this triggers a point <laughs> right. I want to bring up. Have you guys seen the, the, the Gillette advert? Yeah. The cause yes. of the controversy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't, no, yeah. haven't seen that. Yeah. So this yeah. was an advert that yeah. Gillette put out that was, um, Zeke, help me out. What, 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 what yeah, was? So it's, it's, I mean, you know, Gillette is, if you think of a brand that's about, being a man, best man. There, best man we all get. know this, the, the slogan, yeah. the, the best, best a man, man can get. get. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So they ran a uh, campaign, which was, um, you didn't really know the message until the end, but it was a series of men, um, you know, putting themselves forward for, um, you know, gender equality and, you know, it's okay if, you know, he does this or she does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they kind of worked on the slogan. Um, in, sorry if I'm incorrect, you know, the best, you know, it, take something else to be a man you know like they're being proper pc about it mm. and they've got a lot of backlash from and men like, this why. is our brand is it's not for you to tell us how to be a man and uh, and whatnot but i think i'll tell you why i think it didn't go down well mm. it was clumsy and in, in, it was inelegant it was, it was very it was american just, and cheesy yeah. but i think the message was fine the message i didn't i didn't, I didn't have a problem per se with the message yeah i yeah i agree mm. it just they did it in a very cack-handed obvious way mm. so that that was done by the same agency that i think that did this girl can Mm. which okay. I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Was, was one of the best campaigns I've seen for a very long time because it just showed women in all their strength and glory and whatever mm. Mm. and wobbles getting with it, man, and yeah. doing the park run yeah. or, and, and sweating hard and on the bike yeah, and, yeah. you know, and I'd look to my female friends and think, well, I look like that in the gym and you should, and you sh- I would hate mm. for you to not go to the gym or not play netball you because you're worried about what blokes mm. are going to think, man, or other girls. Sh- so mm. it was curious to me that that Gillette mm. ad, which came from, I think, a good, place which yeah. is let's try and reshape this this oppressive death sentence of masculinity mm-hmm. by in, you know saying to little boys well you know it's more than about fighting and being strong but it just it was a bad yeah. it was a bad delivery no it was it was it was it wasn't good at all um on the family thing though going back to that Derek mm. do you think that a lot of men or do a lot of your guy friends who are in families and maybe have kids and a wife still have that kind of mindset of provider, protector. I'm the one that must be the stronger being because mm-hmm. my wife needs to be protected. Or do you feel we're going into a place now where that's just dead now? That's, that's old school. Do a lot of your friends 
still feel they have to be the man? That's a difficult question to answer just because none of my friends are married. Okay. You know? Um, but if I take like my uncles and my dad as an example, um, I have some, some quite young uncles as well. Um, yeah, they do, but in, in, a, in, a, in a very different kind of way. It's, it's almost like I'm supposed to be the provider. I'm supposed to be the man and do all these kind of things. But there are allowances to make them, um, feel comfortable. For example, um, like my uncles and that, they don't mind their wife going and making more money than mm -hmm. them and then giving the money to them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even if they've got a job, they're happy. Oh, if she makes more money, fine. The money's coming back to me anyway. So let me ask you on, on, on that point. A lot of my guy friends say the same thing. They have no problem with their partners mm. earning more money with the, than, than them. I, I want my partner to earn as much money as she hey, possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I can retire. And, and, because, and, and because I know you, I believe you. Mm. But I'm wondering, do a lot of men say that but really, if it, when it comes down to it, mm. there's a little bit inside that's thinking, I'm slightly failing here. I don't know. Do you think it's, a lot of men still feel that at all? Or? Probably. It's, it's, this is something I've never really been able to get my head around. But, um, pro I mean, yeah, they probably do. I'm, maybe, I mean, I think the, the common <coughs> consensus is that they, they feel what is it, emasculated. Yeah. They, they mm -hmm. feel like, oh, they're, they're, because they're men, they're supposed to be, the heads of the house and have the most money and mm -hmm. so on and, so, and distribute money mm -hmm. so on and so forth but i that it just it just doesn't make it doesn't make much sense to me um it's yeah it's it's it's, it's an odd one actually what about religion mm. do, do, does anybody feel that religion plays a role in telling men again what they should be and how they should be mm. yes um and i won't speak specifically on religion more culture for mm -hmm. me i kind of put religion and culture in a sense because one religion would be different across multiple cultures sure, sure. um so i think culture definitely has a say in that because if you just compare say the the west with um you know parts of africa and and the middle east the roles of men and women are completely different because that's that's their that's their environment that's what they know um, there, there's schools of thought that, you know, the family unit is stronger in certain areas than it is in the West mm -hmm. because there's a, you know, we, we, you spoke about, Camille, about, um, females, um, girls being told, you know, be as good as, 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 as the boys that, like, you know, again, they're also being told you can do whatever mm -hmm. you want, yep. you know, in certain other parts of the world, that isn't the, the story that they're told. It's, it's that, you know, you are, you know, you are the giver of life. So mm -hmm. take care of yourself and take care of this home and raise mm -hmm. these children so that the man can go out and provide, mm -hmm. you know? So there's, there's no right and wrong, but I think in terms of the, uh, situation whereby, you know, if my partner earned more, um, than me, that's possible now in the West of technology. And it's, it's, it's not an industrial age anymore. It's not about how much I could put on my back or mm -hmm. how far down I could go into a mine. It's about how smart you can mm -hmm. be and, and, you know, press this button or that button. So it's, Male and female were kind of on par in, mm -hmm. in, in that sense. So it's very likely that could happen. And are you totally comfortable with that? I'm comfortable with that because it's not so much about the money. It's like your situation is different to my situation. Um, and you're pulling in this amount of money. I'm pulling in this amount of money. That's mm -hmm. okay. But that's easier said than done. But there's a fundamental understanding that needs to be in place for that to be okay. And that is that um, an understanding from, and I think women... Black women in particular have a big role to play in the, the mental health of black men. Because an appreciation that as black men, we are told a story. We are going through from a very young age, 
experiences that make you feel like you have to be the stoic person. You have to be the provider. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a relationship and then there's a situation whereby you may feel emasculated because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm earning more money than you, then you have, there, there has to be an extra effort to say, I know you've got us. I know you're, you are my man mm -hmm. and I know you're going to take care of us with your, both of your hands, both of your feet. But this is the situation and this can help us mm -hmm. as a family. That I can't speak for everyone else's reality, but I feel my relationship, that's an understanding we have. You know, so if you're earning money and I need three months off to do something, then that's okay. Because I don't feel, me. yeah, I don't feel emasculated by that. Mm -hmm. But I know if um, my partner isn't able to contribute, then I'm also going to take care um, of everything. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Totally. So I think there's a big role um, for um, women to play in, women to play, um, in Ooh, that as well. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's about partnership, isn't it? Mm. And um, clearly everybody comes to this with a different preconception of what it is their role is mm. but um I, I would like to think that our generation and younger when they start to build a home and consider bringing children into the world that you look at each other and you think you know well, what what can i bring to this mm. it may it might be you know i'll speak from my family situation my sister uh, is the breadwinner mm -hmm. and her partner is a writer and so he does most of the childcare and stays at home and does most of the home stuff. Mm -hmm. And she brings the, and that's the, you know, they mm. look, it, it, for them, it was not just an issue of money. It was an issue of well, what do I want to do? My sister's a statistician. She works, does numbers. She can't, you know, she, she goes to a job to do that. Whereas as a writer, you need to sit and write and he produces creative stuff. Mm -hmm. So for them, it, it, that was the obvious solution. Mm -hmm. That won't work for everyone. Mm we as a society need to move to a place where people consider that partnership to, you know, there's, it's the, it's the three prong theory of relationships. There's the two people. And then there's the, re the relationship itself mm -hmm. is an entity mm -hmm. and both people bring to that relationship what needs to be brought to yeah. keep the thing stable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Derek, you've written a book. Tell us about your book yes. and um, how this fits into our, our discussion. Well, I didn't write all of it. Okay. Yeah. You, you put together a book. I have to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I put together the book. So I edited it and it's, there's 20 writers in here, okay. including right. myself. Um, and it's literally about, it's like I was saying, um, I was saying to you before, it's a, it's a humanizing project. It's, mm -hmm. it's about, it's not, it's not, it's not a polemic. It's not, it's political by nature, but it's not a book that's aimed to try and convince people of anything except that black men are three-dimensional people we're mm -hmm. human you know we have flaws you know we you know but we also have things that we go through that we would like to talk about and be helped with mm -hmm. you know and just picking up what you were saying is that you know you know black women need to be helping us I, I i agree but i would i would frame it as we need to be helping each other mm. um just because you know i mean historically it's kind of been like black women have had to do a lot for black men but it hasn't been reciprocated. Mm. Um, so I, I do agree, yeah, but I would say we need to do a lot for each other. And I think um, what I've tried to do with this book is add to a discourse that's currently taking place in the UK mm. um, and also try and separate black British men from African-American men. Because although we do have similar realities, a lot of the time it's conflated. So what is written about a black um, African-American man mm -hmm. is then basically taken on a, as being about, yes, yeah. black British men. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For example, when I go into like a Waterstones and I'm looking through the shelf and I'm looking for something that relates to black british men struggle 
like I really, really struggle because everything, you know, Fortunate. corner west, bell hooks, all of that mm. stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's all, a, it's all about Afri the African-American experience. What's the book called? It's called Safe. Brilliant. Um, yeah. When is it out? March 8th. March the 8th. Perfect. Next week. Um, I want to just finish on one final point that you, mm. I think, alluded to earlier on about domestic violence. And I'm mm. wondering how close the link is between the per perceived man being man and masculine mm. and the high rates of, of domestic violence. And is, is that an outlet or a place where people or men mm. who feel like they can't be themselves anywhere else, mm. they have to assert that kind of mm. power for some reason mm. within the household? Um, the honest answer is I don't know, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. I don't know. But I, I, I think it will definitely be linked with the idea that as being a man, you need to dominate your surroundings. Right. Um, and if you're, I'm pick my words and what I say very carefully because I'm not an expert on the subject, but I do feel like if a, we are powerful beings, mm -hmm. you know, um, and as black men, powerful beings. And if you're not given the, the space to be a human being, mm. it's just a case of just being who you are, then you're caged, you know, mm -hmm. you're caged. This goes for black women as well. You're caged. So if you don't have the opportunity to express mm -hmm. when you're in a heightened situation, it might be an argument, it might be something that doesn't go well for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like there's a lot of power that comes out and that can be, um, that, that could come out in, in, in terms of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. That could come out in terms of, um, you know, the angry black woman, mm -hmm. um, term mm -hmm. that, that's there. Or that might come out in you lashing out to your parents or not listening in school. But it's just that constraining nature of um, a lot of people's own realities mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. when they get confronted with um uh with uh with conflict mm -hmm. then there's less in my opinion control of how to deal with that you know because it it's it, a lot does that make sense it do, no it does and on, and on that do you feel that masculinity and i know this is a phrase trying to move away from but is there a parallel between what is masculine and how we how black men focus on black men discipline their children Absolutely. Do you think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a correlation between the two? Yeah, I would say, obviously, you know, I can't speak for all, uh, black men, but obviously as someone who's, you know, of Ghanaian origin, the way my dad sees being masculine as a Ghanaian man mm -hmm. is very, as what you say, perfect word, stoic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, like I've never physically touched my dad in my life. Do you know what I mean? Really? Never in my life. Wow. Like I've, I think I've had like a conversation with him that's lasted about five minutes and it's always him telling me something. He's very quiet in the house. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like someone does something or if the house is quiet, he's watching TV, someone knocks something over and it makes, it disrupts the silence. He just looks and then everyone's like, Oh, sorry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's an experience that a lot of my, my friends, my cousins, they will experience. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's bizarre because, you know, he'll be like that in the house. And then go upstairs, someone will call him and he's lively, like he's in a rave mm. or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's a completely different person. And I know it's because he thinks that he has to be like that sure. with yeah. his children. Like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, um, African saying, Oh, I'm not your classmate. Yeah. I'm not your friend. Do you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, really yeah. what goes through his mind. And do, do you agree that there's a, there's a, there is a parallel between how black men have traditionally disciplined their children aligning with what they perceived back in the day to be a man and a masculine man? Uh, yes, but I also think there are a million exceptions that, that disprove that rule. Mm -hmm. And I, I, 
realize I've used my own family as you know examples already in this discussion. No, 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 it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. But I look at you mentioned your father. I look at my father, uh, Nigerian. He's nearly eighty. So you would expect um, you would expect him. You would expect many things, many stereotypes mm-hmm. to apply. Uh, and he's the most he's the most unusual and remarkable person. One of the most unusual people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. So let's just start with some basic stuff. He's a brilliant cook. <laughs> Why is he a brilliant cook? Well, part of that's because he was an immigrant and he came with his cousin brother. Yeah. He had to learn to cook. Mm-hmm. So he learned to cook when he was a young man and has carried that through and now cooks all kinds of things from all corners of the globe. Mm-hmm. He's, he is the most committed grandparent I could ever imagine. I'm very lucky he lives quite close to me, but I remember after my, my first daughter was born, mm-hmm. he took me aside and said, listen, and I, well, I'm, incre- I'm even luckier in that my in-laws also live very close, so we have a very good network built in. And my dad said to me, he said, it's only natural when the, ch- when the first child is born that the, the mother's mother, mm. it, it, just because of the way thing, the world works, is, gonna, is likely to be very closely involved in the mm. rearing of, of your children. And that's brilliant and it's beautiful and please use that. He said, but I want you to know that your mother will be very upset if, if oh, sorry, not upset, disappointed if you don't include her too. Mm. I was like, oh, dad, that's mm. really... Thank you. That's really perceptive and nuanced. And I, I'm really grateful that you pointed that out because I just, you know, I'm a bloke. I don't think about that. <laughs> you know, I just, what I realized some months after, given that my dad was like basically at my house every day, bringing food and saying, can I help? Mm. He didn't mean your mother will be disappointed if you, he meant I will be, <laughs> I will be disappointed if you don't include me in the rearing. She's my grandchild. Yes. She's my granddaughter. Yes. And, I, and I want to be part of her life. Yes. And I would, and, to this day, I mean, my daughter, my eldest is 11. He's still, I mean, all the grandparents are amazing mm. and will contribute when, but he is the one who will drop ev- anything and everything and mm. say, yes, I'll be there in half an hour, emergency, whatever, mm. you know. And when, when she was very young, the nappy might have been on backwards and inside, <laughs> and, but it didn't matter because the love was there. Yeah. So one sentence before we wrap up, one sentence each, what for you should masculinity be? Start with you, Derek. It should be nothing. You should just be who you are and not, not, not ascribe any kind of social creation to who you are, how you behave. Be yourself. Just be yourself. Jimmy? Uh, well, I, I, would, I would add to that, and I would say there are elements of masculinity that I think are really valuable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being, being strong and providing are, are aspects of humanity mm-hmm. that, femininity should include that as well yeah yeah yeah. so in a in a sense it's it's you know be who you are and don't be afraid of mm. who you are and if if you want to be the strong provider that's cool mm-hmm. cool that's yeah. it. finally zeke yeah similar to you kemi i think it should just be your own line man why are you picking it like <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> if it makes sense it makes sense like there's no right <laughs> wrong. I, I i i think it should be a formula to success in certain scenarios mm-hmm. that works for you. Mm. Um, it shouldn't be who you are. I don't think it, it makes sense to d- define yourself as masculine. It's not a way of being. But mm-hmm. if, if, it, if, if you can pull the tools or the facets of being masculine into a situation and it works for you, it's all about workability, um, I, think, I think it has its place. So as a formula mm-hmm. to success or to achieving a goal. Brilliant. Great chat, guys. Um, that's mm. it for this week, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel here on Black Academic TV across all of our socials as well. Until next week, Peace. So I hope you enjoyed that, guys. Um, I really did enjoy uh, having that debate with the, with the guys. Um, uh, really interesting thoughts on 
masculinity in 2019, uh, the element of fatherhood, uh, the element of family, religion, um, and just being 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 basically yourself, being you. Um, I think was the conclusion from a lot of the guys there. Masculinity nowadays is about you know you being true to who you are, not not conforming to what everybody else thinks you should do. Um, so, hope you enjoyed that. We're going to get into our overrated, underrated. Uh, this week, we had from that panel, Kemi and Zerum, who gave us his thoughts on who he thought or what he thought uh, within the black community or black culture was either overrated or underrated. Enjoy. So, I'm now joined with uh, Kemi and Zerum to part of one of our debates. Uh, so, Kemi, talk to me about who, what, or which period in time yeah. you believe to be either underrated or overrated. Right, so I think what I need to, to put this in the correct context, I need to give you the backstory first, if you don't so mind. So you can picture the scene. It's the late 80s and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teenager and suddenly this new sound takes off, man. It's, it's the London sound. Mm -hmm. It's it's Ragga Twins and Future Sound of London, and and I'm I'm finding myself going to to nightclubs like like Rage uh, in uh, in uh, Char underneath Charing Cross, and it was this astonishing new blend of of electronica and kind of new uh, and early early jungle and drum and bass and techno and cocker and Fabio and Groove Rider and people would go out and we'd we'd go out to dance mm -hmm. and you'd go out to meet interesting people that you would never really even talk to because you were just dancing so mm -hmm, hard mm -hmm. and you'd see them every week and you'd get to know them and you'd get to know their calls on the radio stations all the pirates like yeah this that mm -hmm. and um you know i got a bit older and i was still trying to go out and the music scene changed and out of jungle and drum and bass uh you started to hear a, a new sound what what many people then came to call UK garage or speed <laughs> garage. And these things would enter into the lexicon nightclubs with dress codes where people would like check you out if you so much as even came near their new spanking white Reebok leather classics or whatever <laughs> it was. And you'd get like moody looks because, you know, you're kind of like dancing a bit too close to someone or, or someone's getting a bit too sweaty. Mm -hmm. Not for you. Overrated. So the UK, the, 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 inception, the inception, the birth of UKG for you, not having it. Well, look, I, I, I wish to distinguish between the the music lovers and the people that are, that, you know, it's it's all for me. For me, it's about getting rid of the haters and the preening, you know, I totally understand people want to go out, they want to look good and the rest of it. But, if all you do is is stand there, kind of you know, go to the bathroom every twenty minutes to make sure that your kind of collar's straight, mm -hmm. why are you at the club, man? Mm -hmm. You need to stay mm -hmm. at home and listen to the music in your bedroom. That's right. That's right. So your overrated <laughs> period in time was the early to mid nineties. Yeah, that's it. UK garage scene that's and it. all those boys and girls that were just preening, basically. Just preening, man. <laughs> you know, some of the some of the music was okay, but it still it still never it never dropped like it never dropped jungle. like a like a fat out jungle breakbeat, man. This never, is never, I can agree with that. Never rock like that. Kevin Zero, thank you very much.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.